This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Okay, go with me to the book of Romans chapter 15. We're going to begin to jump in here on the, the area of faith. Now, I believe this is big. We get it because, again, some of our, our main scripture texts through this for the last um, 15, 16 months. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if it's impossible to please God without faith, I better learn, learn to understand faith and get all I can can. There in the book of Luke chapter 17, even the disciples said to the Lord Jesus, they said, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. So we begin in Romans 15, verse number 7. Therefore, receive one another... Just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant or a minister to the circumcision for the truth of God. So what he's talking about here, he says Jesus became the minister to the circumcision. The circumcision was describing the Jew, okay? Those ones that were in covenant with him. But he says right here something interesting. He says, for the truth of God would now start happening through the Lord Jesus. Things shifted from the Old Testament to the New. He goes on to say this. Now watch this. To confirm the promises made to the fathers. To show the promises made to the ancestors. The Amplified says in order to show God's truthfulness and His honesty by confirming and verifying the promises given to our fathers or the patriarchs. The New Living says God is true to the promises He made. So now we're going to review just a little bit off of that area to confirm his promises. Uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 says that all the promises of God through him, through Jesus, are yes and amen or so be it. So this passage right here, when he says that Jesus is the one that will confirm all the promises it cross-references back to all that. So again, anytime I can find a promise that's written in the Bible, I can always stand on that. I like it to say this way, when you find out what's written, you can tell the devil it's finished because the promises in the Word of God are my title deed. So I've got to find out what the promises of God are. So in this passage right here, he said to confirm the promises made to the fathers. That promise that was made to the fathers goes all the way back to Genesis 12. Now go with me to Genesis 12. And this is talking about the patriarchs, which was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So we go back to the beginning of time. And the very promises that God made to Abraham, they still stand today. To every one of us in this room, if Jesus is Lord of your, of your life, you can stand on the Word of God. You can stand on those promises, and it's important we get this, okay? So he says here in Re, uh, Genesis 12, verse 1, and he's talking to Abram at that time. Now later on, God changes his name to Abraham, but at this point, he's Abram, and listen to what he says to him. He says, now, the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country. 
from your family, and from your father's house. This wasn't easy. These things were very, very different, or or, or very uh, meaningful to him. I mean, when you see what he says, number one, he says, you got to get out of your country. You got to get away from your family and from your father's house. Now, part of the reason he said that is there had to be a separation because the country he was living in was ungodly, his family was ungodly, and his father was ungodly. His father was a man named Terah. He was, he was known to be an idol worshiper. And so guess what God said to him? He said, listen, in order for you to come under the things I have for you, there's got to be a separation. That's not always easy. How many of you found that out? When I found that out, I mean, we, we used to be the hit at the family reunions until we got born again. And now, man, some of them are like, what are you doing here? But again, this was God's command to him. He said, you got to get away from these things. Now, pay close attention to the eyes that begin to take place. To a land that I will show you. Now, watch the promises come into effect here. God said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families, plural, of the earth shall be blessed. So now you go back here and you begin to see all these promises that God wanted to do in his life. You know, God has promises for every one of us in this room. But now we've got to rewind just a second. None of those promises will ever occur Unless I obey. If if Abram didn't obey the things to leave his his nation, his family, and his father's house, these things would have never taken place. So again, now we see something coming into play here. God has promises for us, but those promises are rooted in our obedience to what God asked us to do. So at this point in Abraham and Sarah's life, all they had was a promise. That was it. So for them to pack up and leave everything they had, they would have to do that by faith to say, Father God, we believe what you said to us. Again, this isn't easy. You begin to see here some things that to walk by faith, it's going to take some courage to say, you know what, Father God, I'm going to trust you more than anything else in my life. I'm going to put your promises above anything else. Now, faith is compromised. Faith is comprised, not compromised. It is comprised by the Word of God. How do we know that? Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and the hearing by the Word of God. So then after we see that, to walk by faith, I've got to watch the words that come out of my mouth. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, You'll believe with the heart and you'll confess with your mouth. 
So part of faith is I got to hear the word and I got to hear the word. If I quote Romans 10, 17, again, I want you to get this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing and hearing and hearing. Faith is very similar to eating. How many of you eat one time a week and you're done for the rest of the week? That doesn't happen. It's very similar with the faith. So again, I must feed my faith on a daily basis and I starve my doubts. But then again, I've got to get my mouth, my line, my, my words lined up with the word of God. Okay. That's one of the most difficult things for us as human beings is to train our tongue to begin to speak the things that God says. Okay. Uh, Proverbs 18, 21 says death and life are in the power of the tongue. The, the tree of life version says death and life are in the control of your tongue. So what has to begin to happen is I begin to get my mouth in line with the word of God. When we go back and we look at scripture, Matthew twelve thirty four says this, out of the abundance of the heart, what you're putting in your heart will come out of your mouth. So again, my mouth has the ability to locate what's in my heart. So one of the keys is I learn to begin to speak what God's word says. Now go with me to the book of Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And let me just say a couple things as we're turning there. I'm going to live one of two ways. I'm going to live by the word of God or I'm going to live by the world's ways. And to look to the world's ways, that means men. Now, let me tell you something here. You can't blend man's ways and God's ways. It won't work, okay? In other words, you cannot blend humanism and philosophical ideas or man's ideology with the Word of God. It will not work. How do you know that it won't? Let me give you a scripture that will bear witness with that. Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true and every man a liar. Wow. So you know what that means? I better put my trust in the Word of God. I better. So again, I'll stand here and say this for you. Don't listen to me, okay? Let the Word of God teach you, all right? I'll get you in trouble. Except when I preach the Word of God. And so that's why the Bible is so significant whenever one of us... Remember this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith doesn't come by watching old Gilligan reruns, okay? It may make you laugh. It doesn't come by reading Sports Illustrated. There's nothing wrong with Sports Illustrated. But if you get into God's Word, God's going to get into you. Woohoo! We ought to be excited about that. Romans 4, verse 13. Now watch this. For the promise... For the promise, here it is. Here's another promise. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to a seed through the law or through doing the word of God, but through the righteousness of faith. Okay? Through the righteousness. So guess what he just told us? I tell you, there comes a time in your life where you believe God. You trust God. And what I found out many times in my life, the Word of God may not make sense up here. But something happens when I begin to get it in here. Let me ask you a thought here. 
Do you think that you lay hands on someone who's sick and you pray that they're healed in the name of Jesus? Does that make sense up here? (laughs) No. Zero. But it makes sense in here. How about this? That you pray in Jesus' name to a God you've never seen. Does that make sense? Not up here, but in here. Here's a good one. You honor God with 10% of your giving and God will bless the other 90, 90%. Does that make any sense up here? Doesn't make any sense up here. But it does right here. So again, he's telling us here, you got to get a hold of these promises and you get a hold of them by faith. So he says in verse 14, For if those who are the law are heirs, faith is made void. Faith is empty. It's no good. And listen to this. And the promise is made of no effect. The promise is not necessary. The promise is pointless. So guess what he's saying there? If you think you can achieve all this by all your abilities, it's not going to happen. How many of you got saved in here by being Sister Mary? How many of you got saved in here because you've been so good? Woo, I've been good. I've been good. Not one of us got saved in here because we've been good, got good. The only reason we got saved is we put our faith in a promise that the Lord said, if you'll believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ and you'll confess with your mouth that I raised him from the dead, I'll save you. So again, I step out by faith. So again, this is what he's getting over to. And so the same way that we get born again is the same way you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And the same way you get filled with the Holy Spirit is the same way we receive all the other promises of God. Verse 15. Because the law brings about wrath or anger. For where there is no for law, there is no transgression. Better stated here. The, the law was entirely based on my obedience. And guess what? We couldn't do it. So Jesus came to the earth. Verse 16. Therefore, it is a faith that we might be according to grace. The promise is to receive by grace. And when it says right there, according to grace, that is... It's not in, it's entirely a free gift. It's not based on me. That's what grace says. I'm going to grace you. He goes on to say, now watch this. That the promise might be sure to all the seed, which was the Jews, and not only who are those of the law, the Jews, but also to those who are the faith of Abraham, who is the father to us all. So guess what? The same way that Abraham had the opportunity to believe God, me and you have the same thing. I can stand out and I can believe the Word of God. That's what's great about the Bible. Every one of us have the same opportunity with the promises. Do I obey them? Do I act on them? Verse 17. Now watch this. As it is written, as the Scriptures say, as the promises talk about, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, when God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations, it didn't look that way in the natural. He didn't have kids. 
So he goes on to say, in the presence of him whom he believed, and then it pauses and says, God. So guess what Abraham did? He chose to believe what God promised. Now look what it says. Who gives life to the dead, and he calls, he speaks, or declares those things which do not exist as though they did. So when we look at that right there, don't ever speak, don't ever declare, don't ever call yourself anything less than what God says about you. So when you start finding out the things God says about you, then that's what you start speaking over your own life. So in his life, his name was Abram. So God changed his name to Abraham. And Abraham meant father of many nations. And so guess what? When you get born again, I start identifying myself about what God says about you. You know what God says about me? I'm more than a conqueror. God says I'm an overcomer. You know what else God says? God says I give you the ability to do all things through Christ Jesus. I'll give you the strength. God calls me a son. God calls me an heir, a joint heir. God calls us a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Everything that God says, man, I begin to speak that out of my mouth, what God says. And so this is what he said. Now, when he began to call those things that didn't exist as though they did, God said, this is what I promised to you. In the natural, you know what? It didn't look like any of that was taking place. But something happens when I begin to think in line with the Word of God. I begin to speak in line with the Word of God. And I obey in line with the Word of God. And care who you are. Verse 18. Who contrary to hope, he believed, he trusted God, he believed the promise that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so your descendants will be. And so again, he stood and he stood and he stood on the promises of God. And not being weak in faith, Now, as I was reading that today, and it says, Abraham was not weak in faith. You know what that tells me? This is a warning that I can become weak in faith. How do I become weak in faith? I get away from the Word of God. If I'm not in the Word of God, that's my spiritual food. That's my strength. The Word of God. It's there in uh, Matthew 4, 4, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So I've got to stay in the word. I got to continue to speak the word. I got to meditate on the word and I can do that. Now, if we had time, I'd take you to Joshua 1, verses 8 and 9. That's that's what he says. The book of the law has got to get in your mouth. You got to meditate on it. You got to write, recite it, and you got to obey it. And so again, if, if I'll stay in the Word, I won't be weak in faith. Now, let me ask you a question right now. Are you weak in the faith? If you are, get in the Word. Start getting back in the Word. Get an appetite for the Word of God. Feed on the Word of God. So he said there, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body Already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now, if I get weak in faith, I'll start relying on common sense. I'll start relying on human beings' thoughts. I'll even start relying on, on my physical side, my body here. Now, isn't it interesting that he said 
that Abraham did not grow weak in faith and he didn't even consider his body being a hundred years old. Now here's another good thought for you. How many of you have ever seen a hundred year old have a kid? That doesn't make a lot of sense right here, does it? I'm in my late 30s, and it would twist me right now. To <laughs> You know what this showed me right here in this verse? It showed me that the Word of God is greater than my body. That the Word of God, it trumps my age. So you know what it says? It doesn't matter how old we are, how young we are. I can believe the Word of God. I can stand on the Word of God. And so he goes on to say, he did not waver at the promise of God. The word waver means to stagger. The word waver means to begin to argue within your mind and even verbally. And so when God gave him the promise here, he said he didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief. You know what unbelief is? Unbelief gives me the, unbelief is the opposite of belief. So unbelief, I've been given the opportunity to believe God, but I choose not to. And he said, he didn't get off in unbelief. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now when I look at this, you gotta read into this. How was he strengthened in faith? He kept giving glory to God. You know what I believe it looked like? He kept saying, Father God, I thank you. I thank you for blessing me. I thank you. You've blessed me. You've multiplied me. You've made my name great. You've blessed me to be a blessing. And he would give glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He just kept praising him and thanking him, giving God glory. Now, here's the the, the fact that may try to twist you a little. This took 10 years. Ten years before he actually started walking in any of those blessings. Ten years. Now, how many of us in here, we get antsy when the ATM doesn't spit out a $20 bill in 30 seconds? I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself, guys. I'm telling you that right now. Because we live in such an instant society. Now. I want instant oatmeal. I want instant popcorn. I go to McDonald's and I better have that in 12 seconds or I'm going to be ticked. So again, I, I want you to slow down here just a little bit. He didn't waver at the promises of God for 10 years. He just kept saying, I thank you, Father God. I thank you. Let me ask you something. Is there anyone in here, you've been believing God for something more than 10 years? Raise your hands. There's a bunch of us. Why would you do that? Because, man, I got the promises of God's word. God said that. Now, here's the deal. God doesn't operate on our timetable. He doesn't click by our timetable at all. God doesn't have a watch. You know why? When one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years one day. All God's God's time. He looks at everything from the view of eternity. And so when we truly believe the promises of God, we have to have this thought. Father God knows best. He's never late and he's never early. But you know what? He is right on time. And so I got to get a hold of this. 
Don't get mad at God. Don't put on faith. Don't put on the word of God and say, Sally, I told you it never works. We've been believing God for two days and it never works. See, again, we begin to understand this. But when I begin to see here, he did not waver at the promises of God. He did not stagger at the promises of God. So something got on the inside of that man and it said he believed God. He trusted him. Now watch the next verse, what it goes on to say. Giving glory to God and being fully convinced. Being fully persuaded. How was he fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able also to perform it? So right here we begin to see something with him. He was fully convinced. He said, God said it. I'm going to receive it. I mean, this is where he got. He got He got so caught up in this that God cannot lie. That God will do precisely what he said. So I got to get a place in my life where I'm fully convinced. I'm fully persuaded. Now, I got a few minutes here. Go with me to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians, not Colossians, Galatians 3. I'm sorry. Galatians 3. This passage I'm going to read you here in Galatians 3. These are cross-referenced all the way back to Genesis 12. Now I have to come to a place in my life pertaining to the Word of God and the promise of God. Does God mean what He says? Does He or doesn't He? i got to get to that place. You know, the, the longer I walk with God, the more I trust God. I'm telling you, the more I look and when I begin to see Scripture, I look and say, God said it. Right there it is. Right there it is. That's why it's important that you find promises and you hold on to them. You know, this may have, we may not even get to Galatians. I'm going to start telling stories here. Again, when you see a promise, man, that gets on the inside of you. It begins to change you. And, and, and when you believe God and you become consumed with it. And so let, let me just share this again. Um, there, there were years in my life, as, as a little boy, I slept walk unbelievably. I mean, just all the time, all the time and all the time. And the older I got, the more it, it got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And man, I, I would do bizarre stuff in my sleep. I mean, stuff was crazy. And so I, I began to say, Lord, show me in your word. There's got to be stuff about my sleep. And, and so in, in Proverbs 3.24... And Psalms 127.2, Psalms 4 and 8, almost every one of those say stuff like that. He gives his beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. Now, when you see that right there, you know what that is? That's a promise. That was a promise. I give my beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. Well, I would begin to look at that and I'd say, you know what? I'm his beloved so guess what I begin to pray? I begin to pray in line with the promise. And I would say, Father God, I thank you in Jesus' name. Remember, Jesus is the fulfiller of it. He's the one who blesses me with it. I said, I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. You give me sweet and peaceful sleep. And so I bet, Pastor, the first night you prayed that, you, prayed, you, you slept like a baby. Not. But I didn't get up the mor next morning and say, that Bible crap doesn't work. That junk, bunch of baloney. 
You know what I did? I kept feeding my faith. And I began to speak that. I began to get my mind and my mouth and my heart in line. That's why I said, thank you, Father God. You give me sweet and peaceful sleep. When I lay down, I'm going to sleep like a baby. And I begin to marinate that. And I begin to speak it and I begin to speak it. And the more I begin to speak it, the more I begin to pray it. The word of God begin to take root in my heart. And I begin to believe that word of God. And I'm telling you, the word of God will not turn void. Stay with it. Stay with it. And so I sleep like a baby. Now I will tell you this. There's times that, man, I've gone to bed and... Probably 90% of the time before I go to bed, on my way to bed, I'll say, I thank you, Father God, for giving me sweet and peaceful sleep tonight. I thank you today, Father God, I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I've been redeemed. I've, I've been justified, sanctified. I thank you for sweet and peaceful dreams. Man, I'll hop in the sack, Jack. There are times that you get busy, you get tired, and you get away from the Word. And I found out, even in this area of my life, walking in this blessing, in this truth, that my faith will grow weak in that area as long as I don't continue as long as I, I don't continue to remind myself this is what God's word says. So I speak the word and I keep speaking the word and I speak the word and, I, and I'm telling you the word of God. It comes just like that. So again, let me say something here. Romans 4, what we read, he said, God calls those things that don't exist as though they do. So when I begin to speak to my sleep, did sweet and peaceful sleep exist? No, it did not exist. But God calls, God speaks those promises. And when we get those promises in our life and we begin to get in agreement with those promises, God's word will work. And so I got to get a hold of those promises. Get in the word and begin to stand and stand and stand and stand. And I'm telling you, the word of God begins to come like a, a, an adventure. And I don't waver until... Here's the deal. Just like Abraham had to get fully convinced, that's me and you. Get fully convinced. And something begins to happen that God will begin to work. And I'm, I'm telling you guys, there begin to be such a move in my life. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.